This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Tuesday, the 11th of May, 2021. And you sure we've got the right name for the podcast, Tegan? Well, yeah, I want to talk about a different virus today, Norman. You might have heard of it. Today, it's Flucast. It's flu Ronacast, um, one well, once-off podcast about the f- influenza virus. And because we are usually, this is the time of year that we're usually telling people to go out. Any day in May is a good time to get your influenza shot, and it still is. But the numbers of influenza this year are just infinitesimal compared to what they usually are in a normal year. They are. They're even infinitesimal. You know, oh, they, I don't know how to say that word out loud. <laughs> look, I was gobsmacked when I actually looked at these numbers. So the numbers of notifications this year are, and, and they've been low for the last 12 months, been 232 notifications to the National Notifiable Disease Surveillance System in Australia. This year. This year. And this is a year that we're testing a lot more than we probably have in previous years. Yeah. And 25 notifications in the fortnight prior, so in, in, kind of in the last fortnight or so, really the fortnight prior to the 30th of April 2020. One. Sorry, 2021. You're right. Thank you very much. Um, you've now got your own back on infinitesimal. And <laughs> so then I went back and looked at 2019. Now, you have to say 2019 was a bad, a bad flu year, but just sit tight. In the year to date to the 5th of May, so almost exactly to the day, in the year to date, the 5th of May 2019, how many notifications do you think there were? 1,000, 2,000, you know, it's going to be more. 44,160 notifications Yikes. of laboratory-confirmed influenza to the 5th of May 2019 from the beginning of 2019. Mm. And in the fortnight before, fortnight before the 30th of April this year, 25 cases. In the fortnight before the 5th of May 2019, 7,500. Yeah. And in the previous fortnight, it was 8,300. And so seasonal flu tends to start being measured from about the beginning of April, although you do get early um, early cases. In fact, in 2020, there were quite a lot of early cases in January before COVID hit. 202 people admitted with confirmed influenza to the 5th of May and 58 in the fortnight to the 28th of April 2019. And am I right in thinking that there haven't been any flu deaths in Australia this year? I don't think so. Um, I couldn't find any note of them. So, I mean, what does that mean? Like, it's really great. It's great. Like, obviously, we've closed our borders. I'm assuming that means that influenza usually comes in, is seeded in Australia from overseas. Yes. So there's, there's, that's right. So there's several things going on. So let, let me just explain the circulation of influenza approximately. So what happens with influenza is there's a global circulation of influenza. And the mixing pot is usually equatorial, usually Asia, often because of the rapid interchange of viruses between people and also animals to some extent, and you get new variants of the virus occurring. Then, depending on the time of year, it's taken up to the northern hemisphere. And then in the northern winter, there's autumn and winter, there's a circulation in the northern hemisphere. And then it tracks back to Asia. And then from Asia, it tracks back to the southern hemisphere, largely to us, New Zealand, South Africa, and so on. And that's the way it works. So it's an imported disease, by and large. And we're not importing new influenza, by and large, clearly. And then we've got a degree of social distancing, which we normally have. We've got a degree of hygiene that we don't normally have. 
bingo, we don't have... And then I think we also have had more uptake of the vaccine. Certainly last year we did prior to COVID-19 because people didn't want to get both and you don't want to get both now. So it's still not, still a good reason to get it because, as we've said many times on Coronacast, when prevention works, nothing happens. So you, you can't really pick apart the overseas from local. We have vanishingly few cases of measles in Australia. That's because we get immunised. You don't want to get lots of measles. You don't want to get lots of flu. So we should still get immunised. But it just shows you the dimensions of the issue. And, and of course... This is all about risk perception. When it's under the radar, when it's something that's usual, like flu, we don't get anxious about it. I mean, 44,000 is enormous, but it's the flu. It's, it's what we get every year. Why would we get bothered about the flu? Whereas COVID is new, it's mysterious, and indeed it is more dangerous. I mean, you're six to ten times more likely to die of COVID-19 than you are of that seasonal flu. So if we had 44,000 cases of COVID in Australia up to um, this point in the year, there would have been a lot of people dying and a lot of people with long COVID, which we can come to later. So it is a different kettle of fish, but nonetheless, aren't those statistics astounding? Yeah, it's so fascinating. And to the depending on the year, hundreds of people die of flu every year. And for those families who still have a loved one, that's beautiful. But the cost of keeping COVID out and keeping flu at such a low level has been very high. Is this just going to be a blip in the broad scheme of things? Or is there something we can learn from this and take forward? I think that as the borders open up, we're going to have to live with more cases of flu again, which means but we've got a vaccination. It's easy to get the vaccination for flu. There's no restrictions on it. Go and get it done. And then you're relatively protected. It's not as good as, say, the Pfizer vaccine or the measles vaccine. It's maybe 50 or 60 percent effective. Hopefully, they'll develop an mRNA version of the flu vaccine, which will make, hopefully make it more effective. But it's still pretty good and uh, at, at, at keeping you fairly well. Yes, well, thank you, COVID, I suppose. I don't know if I'd ever thought I'd say thank you, COVID, but that is good news, a silver lining in all this. Yeah. So you mentioned long COVID before, Norman, and there is an Australian study trying to see what the proportion of Australian people who've had COVID uh, are suffering from long COVID. What did it show? Well, our um, colleague Lauren Roberts, who we've had on this show before, they're still in uh, early stages and it's a relatively small study because a relatively small number of people have had COVID in Australia. But it looks like about 30% of people in the study are alive and disability free six months after contracting the virus. This is of about uh, 200 people. But for the other 70% of patients, they have some lingering symptoms. And a lot of them are just mild, but it's people who are continuing to have shortness of breath, weakness, and some with persistent cough, headache, or loss of taste and smell. And that certainly doesn't happen with influenza. So that's another indication of the toxicity, potential toxicity of this virus. In fact, um, the other night I was out for dinner at a restaurant where they'd had an outbreak. In fact, nine people had been infected. And the young waiter who was serving us, she was telling us how she still has, months later, abnormalities of really quite disabling abnormalities. She works in a restaurant Mm. of smell, where she'll smell a smell that's normally a very pleasant smell, and it becomes an unpleasant smell, and a pleasant taste becomes an unpleasant taste. I mean, that is really quite a significant disability from uh, from this virus. So... It is another reason why you you just want to, we just need to get rid of this virus and get herd immunity as quickly as we possibly can. Absolutely. 
So speaking of flu, Norman, we've got a question from Salma who says she's recovering from a flu. She did get tested for COVID and thankfully it wasn't COVID. She's part of the Group 1B and she's under 50 and hoping to get the Pfizer vaccine. Is there any info on how long someone with flu should wait before they get vaccinated? I don't think there is, Selma. Um, Not that I'm aware of. But they do say from the flu vaccine, you wait a fortnight. So I think it would make sense to wait a couple of weeks. If you're going to match what the what, what they advise about the vaccine, then you'd wait two weeks. So until you start, and if you're under 50, then that's the Pfizer vaccine. So you wait two weeks to do the Pfizer vaccine. If you have had the first Pfizer dose, you get the flu, then the second one's fine because it's going to be two, it's going to be three weeks before you get the next one. So it should it should be okay either way. And Donatella's also got a question, Norman, about AstraZeneca. She's saying, is there a correlation between the degree of side effects you have immediately after your first dose of AstraZeneca and the possibility of developing clots after day four? I don't think so. I've not seen that reported anywhere. I think they're an entirely separate phenomena. And I'll just take this opportunity. I know I've said it before, is that the Clots are rare, but the symptoms start usually about a week after the first vaccine, but certainly after day four. You know, and it's very specific, really. It's headache, blurred vision, it's signs of a stroke, it's abdominal pain, it's pain in your calf. And I think some of the cases in Australia have been really mild, where the GP's really been onto it, the person's been onto it, and a bit of a pain in the calf, getting onto it quickly and doing well. And you've been saying that the mortality rate for this very rare blood clotting disorder seems to be less than what they originally thought it could be. Yeah, we've got small numbers in Australia, but we've done really well. Um, you know, Tragically, one person has died, but there was a complicated medical history. We seem to be getting onto it. Whilst our rate of clots is still the same as overseas, around about 1 in 100,000, 1 in 200,000 doses, the rate of death and serious illness is lower. And uh, you know, it, it's one person in 11 at the moment. And that could change. We could have a run of bad luck. But at the moment, it looks as if we know how to treat it, get onto it quickly, and people are doing well. And on vaccination and being protected against the virus, there's continuing to be more research coming out showing just how effective these vaccines are. There's a study on healthcare workers who received the Pfizer vaccine. Yeah, this is an Israeli study and um, and it shows significant protection against asymptomatic and symptomatic infection. I won't necessarily give the figures because there's a lot of uh, inaccuracy built into the way they did the study, but it it just fits with everything else we're hearing is that there's a very significant reduction. This is the Pfizer vaccine, significant reduction in symptomatic infection and a sig- significant but less effective reduction in asymptomatic infection, but it's still there. The larger studies show that maybe 50 or 60% with Astra in the first dose, 60, 70% or so with Pfizer in the first dose, and maybe going up to 85% in the second dose. So look, it's all tracking the same way. Good news, but not complete protection against infection, which is why you see breakthrough infections and some people have been vaccinated. It's not a guarantee. But how infectious those people are, how contagious that virus is, is another matter. It may well be that you've got less virus on board and um, and you're not as infectious because you do mount an antibody response. So there may be other things going on. And it's just too early to say until we've got more research. But ultimately, the people who have been uh, vaccinated are protected and they are less likely to spread it than in an unvaccinated scenario. Which brings us back to the influenza story. If, if we are covered against severe disease and the virus comes in, 
it's much less of a worry. Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast slash Fluronacast today. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed our Flucast. If you've got any questions to ask us, why don't you go to our website, abc.net.au slash coronacast. Go to Ask a Question and mention Coronacast so we can pick it up more easily. We'll see you tomorrow. See you then.